Welcome to the fifth episode of the Business Holics. The topic will be the business of college sports, as well as the benefits and potential drawbacks it has. So there are many college sports out there, like football and basketball, that are nationally televised, have lots of viewers, they bring in lots of revenue. So our viewers out there might automatically think, yeah, these colleges are definitely bringing in lots of money. They're bringing in lots of revenue. And yes, the person who said that is actually right. But are the colleges profiting? No, they're actually losing money. Isn't that crazy? So now you might ask where all this money is going or how a college bringing millions of dollars just ends up losing all this money. In this episode, we will answer these questions. And additionally, we will debate whether college athletes should get paid. We will uncover the many scandals that have occurred in college sports. And we will even discuss the incentives behind college sports. All right, so the first section that we're going to talk about today is how do colleges such as those who are competing in March Madness events and Rose Bowls and other tournaments with other colleges, uh, how do they bring in millions of dollars in revenue and still end up losing money? So the answer to that is that, well, okay, well, I'll lead off with some statistics first. So in 2018, college sports programs ended up bringing in around $14 billion in revenue through like ticket sales. Uh, of course, there's like amazing athletes that go there. Uh, television contracts, celebrity endorsements, apparel deals, merch sales. So they're bringing in a lot of revenue from a lot, from a lot of different sources, but they're like they end up losing money and not really being able to pay their athletes. And uh, this is mainly because a lot of these colleges have like one main sport that brings in a ton of revenue. So like for most colleges, it's football. And then for a few, it will be basketball. Yeah, like and, Zion Williams yeah. and a Duke. Yeah, so they so they use that money to go and fund all their other sports programs that don't necessarily make as much money and aren't as profitable. So uh, after that happens, it re- it leaves a really difficult margin to actually pay players if they even wanted to. Yeah, but you you really think though after all these ticket sales, like I remember, um, like a Duke. When Zion, after Zion's shoe came out, it, it sold at like at, at a minimum of four thousand dollars just for one ticket. Isn't that crazy? That's like a top of the line ticket, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like think about it. There's like th- how many how many seats are in a, a basketball stadium? Like over fifteen k. So think so. Yeah, so you multiply four thousand times that, like let's say fifteen k. That's sixty thousand dollars right there. Plus, no wait, There's no way. There's no way that one ticket was four thousand dollars. Yeah, it was. It's like the same price as going to a uh, like a playoff game. Uh, Duke Stadium capacity is forty thousand. Okay, so you multiply four thousand times forty thousand. That's the amount of money. But, it, but that's got to be like the ground seats, though, too. Like the four thousand dollars seats got to be the ground seats too. Yeah, this one actually. No, wait, I saw this video online where this dude uh, he goes to Duke, like he's a college student there, and it was super difficult to get college uh to get college basketball tickets there even though he went there there was like a whole line like huge lines competitions that you had to win and like a whole bunch of other stuff just to get a basketball ticket well and think about it too if it's four thousand dollars minimum isn't it gonna be like much more like for like let's say you get a suite that's gonna cost like twelve thousand dollars right there yeah man college sports are a big thing lots of good money that comes in through but unfortunately, uh, the athletes can't really get, or fortunately, I don't really know. The athletes can't really get paid there. Like we just said, a lot of the revenue goes into funding other sports and stuff. So, you know, they can't really get paid. And I mean, there there's really two sides to this. I mean, um, if they get paid, of course, you know, college sports, especially if you're at the level where you're playing sports in college, 
it pretty much takes as much time up as a full time job. Like let, let's be real here. It takes up a that, lot of time. Isn't that why like college athletes want to get paid? Yeah. So that's also why they get scholarships too. They're being paid for what they're doing for the school. Yeah, they get tutors, scholarships. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, why would they want? Why why would they want to be compensated while they're already getting a scholarship? Because they would need external money too, especially because even like like even if you go D one, the chances of you actually making it to the pros are still pretty slim. So I mean, if they get paid for their contributions um, during their time in college, I feel like wouldn't that like help them out after they graduate? Well, let's say they get mm-hmm. paid, but they don't get a scholarship. That 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 money is pr- still going to go towards the school, right? Because you have to pay for your college education. I mean, I mean, not all not all student athletes get full scholarships, though. That's also true. They don't all get full rides. Yeah, but like, even if they if they were to get paid, they it how would that be like? How would that be fair? Because you know what? How do they? How do colleges determine? Whether, how much money goes to each player who like what money is going to go to each player like people might you know they, they might well, what if the players went on a strike because of that like what if they were angry that they thought like this player that was that was not as good as them is making more money than them so how do you determine that that's the thing so yeah so that's one of the drawbacks is that there would be a bunch of different contract disputes so i mean like if pros can if pros are are always like whining about they're not whining but like if pros are always like talking about their contracts and saying like, "Oh, this player has a better contract," even though this person's this whatever terrible player, uh, imagine how it'd be with college kids. Like, do you think anybody really wants to listen to that? No. So, and I, I think it might also send a bad message too. I mean, like that they're demanding pay uh, in college for college sports, and then there was like a whole big thing. I remember a while back. I don't know if anybody really remembers this, but there was like I think EA Sports made like a college Madden edition or something like that. And then there was like a whole big thing of like, oh, well, should the like college athletes get paid for it and whatnot? So, you know. And plus, yeah, there's there's no real way to actually pay for it. I mean, I don't like, know. That's really contradictory, though, right? Because, you know, these uh, every like a lot of people, it's in high demand. These college sports, a lot of people watch it. They're mostly sold out, right? Like college football games, they're probably sold out every game. Mostly. <laughs> Especially, I mean, like, but with Corona right now, I mean, would they get paid? I mean, I think that the way it should be is that they need enough to support themselves. So I feel like they should be paid enough to support themselves. But at the same time, which way though? Um, I think after college, because if they're not allowed to focus as much on their academics, they need some way to support themselves once they're done, especially football players. Yeah, but yeah. like, let's say you commit to a big school. Like, let's say this football player commits and he's on the Michigan Wolverines, like, which is uh, University of Michigan's football team. So, if you're coming out of u- a-, a degree out of University of Michigan, isn't that going to be like really appealing? Like these because these big name companies, like if you if you look at investment banking banks, like companies like Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and Stanley, they're they're hiring people out of UPenn, Wharton, NYU, and then they're applying, especially out of UMich. So yeah, you know, with that degree, degree, doesn't that help you? Yeah, but if, even if you have a degree, you're not like your grades might not be as good. I mean, you can still graduate. Yeah, you, with, you have to still show them your GPA. Yeah, when you, you, yeah your GPA plays a big factor in that. Yeah, but like also the mm-hmm. people who play college sports, they're they're more likely, according to the statistics, to develop more social skills. So if these people, social skills, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you, like you, that's something to talk about, like with clients, with your boss, with the people, with your interviewers. It it creates connections. It creates sales, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like. 
the academic side is also very important to that, especially mm-hmm. once you graduate. These are college. very competitive fields. You have to remember you're going to college for a reason. Yeah, but yeah. don't they also have special tutors to help them out? Tutors, yeah, but I mean, look, that still takes up time out of your day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like you can just, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that. Yeah. I guess it does. That's that's probably one of the reasons why athletes say they should get paid, right? Because it takes time away from studying to play college sports. Yeah, that's why I said it's like a whole job. Yeah, have you ever like looked at those videos, like day in the life of a D one football player, and then they'd have like um they'd have to work out around eight hours a day. No, they're like I mean, there's it's a lot of stuff to balance. I mean, sports, relationships, academics, a whole bunch of stuff, social life, family, whatever. You know what I mean? So bunch. Yeah. Of, so I feel like pay would be a good compensation, but I mean, if they can't really afford to get paid, then yeah, I I think it, isn't it a big issue though? Because like I know there's probably a lot of athletes out there that think they're going to the pros, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Like yeah, like let's say someone verbally commits to you know some like big name school, they get like this D one scholarship, this D one football scholarship or something, and then they commit in their freshman year. That like and that there's only a certain number of people who do that. So don't they don't those people really think they're going to the pros, which could really limit them in life? Well, yeah, man. Like that's the thing, though. So like, if they really think they're, they're that they're going to the pros, and let's say they don't make it, then what? You exactly. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they would need they would need financial help. Cause yeah. Well, does wouldn't would. that tie into like why athletes should get paid? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons for why they should and shouldn't. But also, you're right. It does set a bad precedent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with no. I feel like they get enough from the school, and maybe they need enough to support themselves. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to the non athletes, right? No, I don't know. I don't think it would be not uh, Yeah, I feel like it would be fair. I'm... I think it would be fair to them if because the, I mean, like, let's, if the college athletes got paid, wouldn't it be not fair to the non-athletes because don't those non-athletes no. like it lowers the amount of money they can that colleges have, and therefore it means that these non-athletes it lowers the acceptance rate because they need more money to allocate towards their uh, athletic department. Not necessarily because the non-athletes aren't necessarily committing like eight hours a day to the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but wouldn't 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 that mean also that the acceptance rate for these schools is going to lower once these colleges have less money? Why? Because then be because more kids are paying tuition, so actually they're giving out less scholarships unless you're exceptionally good academically. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's almost like a butterfly effect, you know. So it's a whole bunch of different issues. <clears throat> Yeah, already to those, like, really low acceptance rate schools, aren't there, like, some schools out there that are purely um, recruiting based on an academic or an athletic standpoint rather than an academic standpoint, like school like Vanderbilt? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, Vandy, Vandy's still a pretty good school, even without sports. Yeah, no, but, like, are they recruiting more of um, more athletes than they really are of, uh, like, academically? That I don't know. I mean, like, even if you look at, like, Duke, like, Duke is a school that's, like, or, like, Stanford. Like, Duke and Stanford are two schools that are known for their sports. And even they're, like, top academics. I mean, Stanford's obviously. Yeah, well, isn't, well, that's why statistics show that it's extremely hard to get in there academically. Academically and sports, I feel like they kind of go hand in hand to a certain extent. Yeah, especially because it's not very easy to get recruited to Stanford or Duke. 
or even like if you're not playing sports, it's pretty difficult to get recruited in there, anyways. Well, th- isn't that like where non-athletes are really at a uh, at a disadvantage? I wouldn't say tremendously, just due to the fact that I feel like you need to be talented academically. Are you okay? You have to be on either extreme. You, it's very hard to be talented academically, and it's very hard to be talented um, athletically. So either way, I feel like the school is still pulling in exceptional students. So I don't feel like anyone's at a disadvantage. Yeah, and I'm also like, if you look at um, like a lot of these athletes who go to top schools or like top academic schools, they're still pretty academically talented. So, I mean, it's not like they're at, like, a complete loss where, like, a person who's, like, really athletically gifted but is also, like, a bobo is going to, like, Harvard. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they, their chances cool. are they're going to, uh, like, really get into a, like, a, not an Ivy League, but, you know, somewhere that's, like, a, a top 10 school, right? Like a, uh, you know, somewhere where football is, like, a huge thing. Yeah, but, I mean, your athletics will carry over your academic performance, but your, but your academic performance can't be terrible either. Well, well, think about this, man. The, the minimum GPA for a D1 school to get in are like, is a 2.3. And then all you need is a 900 SAT. That's, yeah, that's minimal. That's, like D1. No, but that, that's minimum. That's like for schools who, yeah. who are like... You're like extremely good. Yeah, that's for schools who are like sports over academics. You know what I mean? But also think about it. To be able to get in with, a, with like, let's say like a 2.3 GPA and yeah, 900 SAT, you, know, you have to be extremely good. And is there a lot of kids that fit that like yeah. margin that are extremely good at their sport yeah they can't be mm-hmm. so i don't feel like it's significant yeah i don't know i don't know because like aren't those people who have who have something like that aren't they don't aren't those the people who think they're going to the pros like yeah but i mean every like whenever like you mentioned like they're the people who think that they're going to the pros but they might not i feel like that's where financial compensation would help Hmm. I mean, the other thing is a lot of these selective schools also have a really good alumni network, so I feel like they are, in a way, taken care of. Yeah, but their alumni, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. alumni networks are pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that segue into uh, the benefits and potential drawbacks? Yeah, I think so. I so. Devin, do you want to lead off? No, you can do it. Okay, so... <laughs> I want the okay. So there's like there's certain benefits and there's certain drawbacks to playing college sports. So like we we created a uh, a list of those. So college sports can be a hugely re- rewarding experience, and one of those really big benefits is the job opportunities after college. So let's say you let's say this D1 kid who had the 2.3900 SAT let's say like let's say hypothetically he gets into a really great school and he ends up doing like really well in college academically so after college these the the people who are hiring these kids out of college the, the employers they love students who played sports in college so it, and it shows that because it shows that you're able to allocate time efficiently between sports and your classes it shows efficient time management skills because of that and also this the students who play sports according to the statistics, have also developed leadership and teamwork skills. Like, I know I, I know this one guy who had a son who now works at Goldman Sachs. Like, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a, that's a really great investment banking uh, program that has an acceptance rate lower than Harvard's just to get in and work there. 
And he, he went to Villanova University's business school and he won athlete of the year there. And it was like, and this was all over all the basketball players that Villanova had and, and where some of those actually ended up going pro, going to the NBA. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of benefits. I mean, like you said, like time management, uh, socially. I mean, like whenever you're doing anything, especially playing sports, you need to be able to interact with people and you're interacting with people when you're playing sports. I mean, and there's also like great relationships that are being built, especially between like coaches and players that like I know uh, would carry into the pros as well. I mean, I feel like as an athlete, I can definitely speak to this. Um, I feel like I'm definitely more social and I've definitely been able to build more relationships. Um, So in the work world, I feel that I can network definitely more. I think the other thing that you have to consider is that if the, if let's say the um, not as academically inclined athlete decides that, you know, he's going to change it. I think that he has access to a lot of job opportunities because of the school that he's went to versus if he was not like athletically inclined. Probably honestly. Uh, Yeah. I know like, like playing sports and everything, like you meet a whole bunch of different people. Like, you mm-hmm. meet every different type of person when you're playing sports, and, like, you see, like, different sides of them when you're playing sports, and it's just, like, it's, like, a whole, it's a whole experience, and, like, you can't really, like, describe it super well, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Experience it. So. I think that you're able to kind of deal with different types of people that you may not have met if you hadn't played a sport. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does further your social skills, right? Mm-hmm. And like it helps with scholarships too. I mean, like athletes would have like a great chance of getting scholarships uh, because of, like the sports that they play. So I mean, like especially when you get a scholarship, and if you're going to a top school that gives you a chance. I mean, I assume that if you're playing college sports, that one of your hopes is to maybe like go pro, right? So I mean, uh, that would definitely with like your student loans, especially if you're going to a top school. Um, colleges have also established budgets for for athletic scholarships regulated by the NCAA, which would help with uh, funding athletes' education. And you could even get, like, full rides to some schools and have them pay for, like, your food and everything. Yeah. Um, what oh, do you want to say? I think that the biggest generalization that's being made here that I think is incorrect is that um that all or most college athletes want to go pro. I actually, I mean, I'm a senior and I know a lot of athletes that are just going to certain schools for, um, even though like, like they're playing school, they're playing sports at the school, but they're going because they're getting a really good scholarship there. Yeah. I feel like and that, they are very yeah. academically inclined. Yeah. I feel like that part shouldn't be overlooked either. Because I mean, mm-hmm. especially like when you're, especially like, I'm not, like, I assume like you would know this too, like, especially when it comes around to making decisions on, like, which colleges to go to, like, scholarship opportunities are definitely a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the, the financial aspect really takes a big, like, is a really big factor in college admissions, right? Because if right. you're an athlete and, uh, and let's say you get into Columbia University and that's, like, over 70000 a year and that translates into around two hundred and eighty k um, for four years of an education. So if you, if you got a half scholarship, or like even like a, a quarter scholarship to somewhere like that, you still come out with a degree there. And if you weren't an athlete, then you 
you you would have to pay that whole tuition and some people can't afford that much money so they might en- end up not even going to that school can, can I think that... oh actually you said first because I, I yeah um so I, I think that maybe d1 schools maybe have more athletes that think that they're going pro mm-hmm. I feel that d2 and d3 schools I feel like athletes are kind of like or there's at least less athletes that feel that they're going pro. Yeah, they're doing it. Probably. And they're more focused on academics. And they, they, they also just, like, like playing the sport, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you, know what, you, know, you know what that reminded me of? Like, the I know, like, before, and, like, the NBA doesn't do this anymore. But what the NBA used to do, and I'm sure you guys have heard of this, is just, like, uh, if you were really good in high school, that you wouldn't have to go to college. So you would just go from high school mm-hmm. like, straight to the NBA. So, like. Uh, two players I know that did this were uh, LeBron and Kobe, and I think LeBron was the last person to do it, because I think after LeBron they stopped it. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's just like hacking the system right there. You don't yeah, have to worry about this. Less than less than like point five percent are gonna end up doing that. So I know, but they can't even do it anymore. It's done. Like they the NBA doesn't do that anymore. See, I get. I don't know. Do new people, people like a lot of people out there probably really believe that they're going pro, right? Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. Out of, school, out of high school is insanely difficult. Maybe I feel like really most good. people are realistic about this kind of stuff, especially if they're going D two, D three. Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. They probably take a chance to focus more on their academics. But if you're going D mm-hmm. one, chances are, uh, your hopes and like your aspirations of going to the pros are definitely elevated. A little bit higher than but that's else. also because if you're going D1, there is a chance that you will go – like, there's a higher chance that you will go pro as opposed to D2 or D3 school, right? Yeah. And well, like, doesn't that lead into the drawbacks, though? What do you mean? Because uh, – because wouldn't it lead into the drawbacks of college sports? Because these, these motivated athletes who spend – because in order to go D1, to get a scholarship to a D1 school, that means you committed a lot of time to playing that sport in high school. That means you 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 were working dedicated every day and your whole life revolved around sports because you know you knew when you were going to get into that D1 school if you got a scholarship there, then you would have to quit your your like your, it would be your job for the next 4 years. So yeah, that's an outlet. But I mean like a lot of D1 schools too. I feel like when people think of D1 schools they think of like these huge big name schools like Duke, Kentucky, whatever well but a I lot mean, of the d1 schools are big name no but there's a lot of, also some of them are not yeah, like um, a lot of d1 schools that aren't big name like princeton brown no like those, yeah it's those big, big name like, but it's not big like, athletically like, they're not known for their athletics it's like d1 but it's in the ivy league uh field right like they, they don't D1. compete with yeah. other D1s. No, that's different though. Like everybody knows, like Princeton's not necessarily known for their sports, but they're still D1. I'm talking about like, like look at Davidson. Steph Curry went to Davidson. Davidson's D1. Nobody's even heard of David. Nobody had even really heard of Davidson. So I mean, you know what I mean. Davidson's still D1, and Steph Curry's brother went to Duke. So I mean, you know, and look, so it's there's a, there's a lot of D1 schools that still aren't like as big. Yeah, but like, let's say you get a D one scholarship, and you're that means you, you worked like every day in high school. So doesn't that create like a false reality of you, you thinking that you're going to go pro? Though, doesn't it create that false reality? No, because I feel like there are a lot of athletes that even if they're good, they they know they're not going pro. Then why are they so willing to make have... such of a commitment to do so? Because they they have a good chance to, and they know like they're, they're put in a position to be able to. They have a good chance to do what. But... 
some athletes, some high school athletes, I feel work towards a scholarship. They know they're not going pro, but they still want to work towards a yeah. scholarship. No, that's definitely true. Yeah, but like I know never a lot of athletes. athletes I've never seen those athletes that just spend all of high school. They all they do is like they just do sports. Other other than sports, the only thing they do is school, and they're involved in like no extracurriculars. They have no other activities. They have no other passions. The only thing they do is sports. Mm-hmm. So what th- doesn't that but doesn't that, that doesn't like, necessarily really... mean that they think they're going to go pro? Yeah, but are they? They're they're not building that well-roundedness character that you need after college. But I mean, like, chances are, if they're spending a lot of time in the gym, they're still pretty good. I mean, they're definitely no slouch. Mm -hmm. Mm Mhm. What about those people who let their grades suffer and then they just, you know, they're committing to their sports for for the next four years and then like what after they get into college, after they get that scholarship, after. After they graduate out of college, like what are they going to do? Are they going to be Are they going to be prepared to be productive in the workforce? Um, I think that they're still their work ethic is definitely being built. Maybe um, academically, they're not all the way there. Well, let's compare this. Like, let's say let's say the people who apply to University of Michigan just on just academically, the people who not even who are not even applying there because like athletically. Those people are the ones who took A plus AP classes throughout their high school career. Those are the people who have really solid extracurricular activities. They have really cool passions. Those are the ones that are getting there academically. So, and then there's, let's say we have another guy on the other hand. Let's say he had like a 3.1 GPA out of high school, like 1100 SAT, but he's, he's amazing at his sport. He's amazing at his or her sport. And he ends up getting there on a scholarship. So who do you think is more academically prepared? Who do you think is going to be more better in the workforce just based off of that? I mean, I think obviously it's the student that's taking all the AP. Oh, well, I think that it is obviously the kid that like took the 11 AP classes, but obviously at that point, you're also academically talented. Does that mean that, um, like that doesn't mean that you're going to be always working hard in school. There are always kids that are just like geniuses and that's, and I feel like some kids are like almost geniuses at their sport. I think it's after college, it's going to be how hard you work and how, um, you can understand the job that you're well, doing. Well, what is needed more, a genius <laughs> academically or a genius in sports? What's more needed in the workforce? Um, it's. I think it's the work ethic. So did you get the work ethic from taking the 11 AP classes or did you get the work ethic from um, from playing the sport? And that's a good point, too, because if you're academically, like, just a genius your entire life, how much have you really worked? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because we are talking about extremes here. Like, we are talking about people who are extremely good at their sport, and we are talking about people, obviously, who get into selective schools are extremely good academically. Okay, so if you're extremely good at sports, let's say you're a genius in sports, so how far is that going to take you? Because less than only like the MOB, let's say, for example, um, in the pros, the, the MOB only contains, like, 800 people. So, and then how many people, how many... How many of those came from D1 schools? How many, like, it, like there's, it's such, it's such a low percentage. So let's say someone is, is really gifted in sports, but not really gifted in academics. Like the, the academic aspect is more needed, right? I mean, I feel like the academic aspect would help them if they didn't get in to actually playing professional sports. Well, even if they have this strong work ethic, how far is that going to take them if it's not a work ethic academically? Because they don't, they're not passionate about that. 
I mean, they're going to have to become or they're, they're going to be forced to, to more. but like, you know, are they going to have that still like that strong, that, that like really strong work ethic? Are they going to still have I mean, that? they're, they're going to have to care about academics more after that. Right. Yeah. But like, look, where are they going to, where are they going to be? Like, because I, if you don't, if you don't do well in college, chances are you might, you, you might not even like go that far in life. Right. Because you, there's chances that if you don't do well in college, how are you going to get into grad school? How are you going to go? The other thing is that, oh, sorry. Wait, what were you going to say? I think the other factor is I know a lot of people personally that they do not use their college degrees anymore. They have completely different jobs. Like, I know someone that started off with an accounting degree and is doing supply chain right now. I think it, it, it just... I feel that sometimes it's – I feel you can build a stronger work ethic in sports than you can academically. Just, and I'm saying that as a perspective of an athlete. Yeah, I agree, too. Because personally, I feel that sometimes I have to work harder at my sport than I do at school. It doesn't mean that my grades are suffering. I just think that that work ethic from um, – playing sports and being driven to compete at my best level kind of translates to school or translates to when I'm working on my internship. It just, I feel like there's a lot, like no one's just going to be like, Oh, well I'm only going to work hard at this, but I'm not going to work hard at that. I feel like sports kind of builds that. um, Well, there are people out there. What are people out there that are like that? But once they have, they don't have sports to, I think, channel their energy into. I feel like people are still driven. Yeah, but when that realization happens, will it be do. too late? I mean, yeah, I guess that's another factor you have to consider. Because, like, when they come to that realization, like, let's say they're out of college, let's say they're like uh, around twenty-four years old, they never went to grad school, they got they got that college degree, you know, they're working at a a very, you know, they're working crappy job out of college because they didn't like really focus their time towards that they didn't get into the pros let's say they got an injury so what are you going to do from there but I mean, I think you don't you don't always need a college degree though well yeah, the people who I don't get a college degree the percentage of them actually succeeding is so low like it's 99 percent of people who decide to become entrepreneurs they end up failing the only one percent of people actually become successful yeah but see that's the thing though if you have the right combination of worth that of work ethic and financial knowledge mm-hmm. then your chance of succeeding yeah is but that, that number is so, it's such a limited amount yeah but i mean you can take calculated risk at that point and choose what you want to do you don't have to become an entrepreneur okay then what are you going to do if you're not there's a whole bunch of stuff to do especially nowadays with technology there's so many jobs that are available and not just that, but most of these athletes that are coming out of selective schools, again, like have a very good alumni network. So I don't think that their job opportunities are going to be limited because especially the people that are hiring them, if they're so invested into the school, they're probably watching that school sports, getting involved in that school and has probably already heard the athlete's name. But what is that athlete going to bring to their company? That's the other thing. I mean, there is, I think, a sense of loyalty when it comes to um, recruiting kids from your school. Well, is it loyalty but at that only point, goes exactly. so far? And I think that's where also the work ethic comes in. They're they're more likely to give an alumni from their school a chance than someone. No, definitely. 
who is not from their school. Well, doesn't it really depend on how strong your academic work ethic is? It could be your physical work ethic, too. It'll transfer over. That, that, I, I feel like that's my biggest argument. Do you just... I don't think that there's a general... Or at least, um, personally, I don't feel that there's a generalization that you can make that every athlete that focuses on athletics also does not focus on their school. Work. Yeah, but there's, there's only yeah. a limited amount of people that are that are putting in those like 10 hours of um of dedicated to training for their sport and are also going to also put that into 10 hours of like studying for a test that's like a limited amount of people not a lot of people are going to do that but like they don't have to necessarily put in like 10 hours of uh, practicing and then 10 hours studying i mean i feel like at that point if they're already like like they kind of know that they're like working hard and can manage their time well so i feel like if they can do that then i mean they can choose what's more important in the moment you know what i mean yeah because i feel like the other thing is you say there's a limited amount of people that can balance i think there's a limited amount of people that go to either extrema too yeah not everyone can time manage that's like one of the most um biggest issues among everyone today but among athletes i feel that time management is definitely more like prevalent Because if you're starting from high school or even, like, middle school, you learn to time manage, I think, exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that translates Yeah, but the question is, are they academically prepared to go into the workforce? Let's say they have the strong work ethic. They have all that. Are they still academically prepared? Because, like, if you take the kid who verbally committed, let's say, like, right before high school or something like that, is that that person – that person – they can just like you know just they don't have to take all these AP classes because they're already committed to school. As long as they don't get an injury, I mean, they, they're they still might, going there. They might have the knowledge. No, they might have the knowledge, but they but might not the work have ethic, the prior experience. Learn. They might not just have the prior academic experience, but they might still have like knowledge and the competence. Well, even if they have the work skills. ethic, like it's gonna take them, it's gonna take them more to like regain all that time they 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 should have spent on it, right? Because they're they're already committed to the school. They don't have to work extra hard to get into the school when they're already committed to it. Yeah. Hmm. Because think about it. Like, if you if you verbally commit somewhere, like it's not like you have to take go and take twelve AP classes, put that all all that strain on yourself. They can just take all regular classes all throughout their four years of high school, and that's not going to take that much time out of them, so they can focus more on their sport. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, I do. But if you're if you're talking about twelve AP classes, you're obviously talking about I think in extremely selective schools. Not all athletes are going to extremely selective schools. Barely anybody takes twelve AP classes. Yeah. I mean, even if even if you're not playing sports, barely anybody takes twelve AP classes. No, there's classes. a lot of people out there, man. No, but still, like if you're playing sports at a high level, the chances of you taking twelve AP classes are very slim. Like very exactly. Slim. So isn't that person? And if you're not playing very slim. Isn't that person yeah. with the twelve AP classes? He has a stronger work. He or she has a stronger work ethic. So you know, doesn't that make them more academically prepared than the person who is just an athlete? Academically prepared. I mean, yeah, because that's just focuses on on academics. But I mean, like, but then are, like, is that mm-hmm. kid also well rounded? We can make this. I think we can make this yeah. an argument. I, I that kid is just, one yeah. kid who took. All he took like all the AP physics classes last year. He took like four AP physics classes, and then he was like, 
He was like a president of three clubs, uh, and also he he wrote two books. Yeah, but even then, how do you know that the kid who's not playing sports and working twenty four hours a day isn't capable of also taking twelve AP classes? So, well, I, I, isn't there like a trade off? I think I mean, that I there needs like, to be a balance. Yeah, I feel like going to either extreme. Well, but you really... do agree though that the person who verbally commits, they don't have to go out of their way to like strain themselves when they're already committed to the school. They just can't get still have to focus on sports no because i feel like kids that sometimes um only take two or three ap classes can get into that same school just due to the fact that um well it depends the on not the very selective. it depends on the school too this other thing you are saying extremely selective schools but i'm saying well most schools aren't extremely selective mm-hmm well, it, no, it really, but it, like the people who are verbally committing to a school, that school is most likely a very, very like extremely selective school. Because that's a, that's why someone would verbally commit to a school like that, because it's like so, it's like so great. All right. Yeah. So like, even if you work super hard, I mean, getting recruited into actually playing college sports isn't really like the easiest thing in the world. So, I mean, for people that are good enough, the recruiting process starts earliest freshman year or even like eighth grade i feel like most uh like great like i mean like top of the line athletes start getting the recognition i would say as early as like eighth grade and uh you know they go on and like verbally commit to different colleges and they're also kind of you know just going back and forth uh playing in different things like if you play basketball like aau tournaments and just you know different uh tournaments high levels and they're competing in different events and they may even be televised too but just because they're in all of these different events that may be televised or playing in high-level tournaments doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get into the Yeah, tournament. like if you look at the NBA statistics of people who actually got into the NBA, it's it's less than 1 in 35 or 2.9%. Right. Um, it's, actually, it's actually crazy because, you know, these – it's it's about zero point zero three percent for high school senior players to actually get drafted into the NBA. So, you know that's like the chance of getting, you know, uh, it, it's it's real. It's really crazy. As you could, I mean, the NBA the NBA roster size is like really small too. Well, isn't that all professional sports? No, but the, no, 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 no. But I think NBA is especially Football, small. NBA is especially mm-hmm. small. Like it's like twelve or fifteen people. I believe I could definitely. Wait, how many people are on 15 a team? people, yeah. Really? 15 people for an NBA. And then how many roster. starters are there? It's like five, right? Five. Yep. And then um, a football team, it's 55 people. I mean, even if you're like on a, the 55 man roster, I mean, chances are you're not getting any playing time. But I mean, but still, I think also it's proportional people. to how many kids actually get on a team in high school. Yeah, but I mean, like with football, there's a lot more people. I mean, football and basketball. I would say are pretty similar in terms of like those categories. Mm-hmm. Well, football is a higher percentage; it's five point eight percent, which really, which really makes more sense because you get more people. Right. Yeah, there's more positions on the football field too, so you need a lot more backups and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, also in baseball, it's uh, less than three in fifty actually go to the pros of high school senior players who go on to play uh, college men's baseball, which is five point six percent. Can we go back to the IQ statistic for a second? I thought that was really cool. IQ statistic? Yeah, about, like, football. Yeah, sure. Go explain. Okay, so... Wait one second. So, high school seniors play... Sorry. 
High school senior high school senior players eventually drafted into the NFL team is about nine and ten thousand or point oh nine percent. And I think it's really cool that that's um that's about the chance that you have an IQ that you have an IQ of one fifty, which is measured by the Stanford Binet test. And that's an IQ and a, and the average IQ of a PhD student is 130. And I think that was um, so cool because we were just talking about the genius in sports versus the genius in uh, academics. So I thought that was a really cool statistic to tie in. Isn't it crazy, though, how <laughs> less than 3% of athletes in high school actually go on to play D1 college sports and you actually get a scholarship? Isn't that really crazy? I think that's insane. Who even has an IQ above 150? <laughs> I don't even know. know. It's not it's gotta be like Albert Einstein. <laughs> Dude, let's see. Yeah, I, I really think that statistic is crazy though, about you know, how over ninety seven percent of people are not gonna even get a scholarship, let alone even be admitted just because they mm-hmm. play sports. So that really that really goes to show how, how athletically talented you have to be, how many hours you have to put in. Mm-hmm. All right, so sorry, we can move on to baseball now. Devin care to elaborate? Yep. All right. Let me see. I got disconnected again. Yeah, now we got to edit this out, Devin. <laughs> yeah. All right. Baseball. What am I elaborating yeah. on? Baseball? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, let's see. But you already mentioned this. High school seniors, high school senior players eventually drafted by an MLB team is around uh, 1 in 200 or 0.5%. And these, these players most often just go to a minor league team. They don't really uh, end up making the pros. So, I mean, there's it's really competitive, like really, really competitive. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Devin got disconnected from the anchor. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of these drafted players don't even end up making it to the MLB either. I mean, that the way that the MLB kind of recruits players is a little bit different than other sports. But, I mean, still, that's crazy. So, like, an estimate is that uh, only one in 33 minor league players ever make it to the MLB. And so, uh, if that's correct, that means that the chance of a player making it to the big leagues is one in uh, 6.6K, or around 0.015%, which is also the same interesting statistic here, just like the IQ one. Uh, that's roughly the same chance of a thief guessing your pin number on the first try. So, I mean. I just love these statistics. They're so, like, relatable. And you're just like, who would guess your pin in the first try? Yeah. So, that's crazy. And, I mean, like, so, mm-hmm. with a lot of these, especially because, like, we just discussed how hard it is and how hard you have to work to get into college sports. I mean, it's not for everyone. And um, so, of course, with everything that's not for everyone, it's kind of a weird segment. But, anyway, there's a lot of scandals that go on in college sports. So, I mean, mm-hmm. kids are uh, – well, kids are always getting recruited college sports, mainly by, like, wealthy or, like, parents who have ties to other people. And uh, they're they're getting recruited even though they don't actually play. And it's just an easy way for them to get into college and kind of uh, – who, like, like, other college athletes who work really hard, their spot might get taken by someone who chooses to do this. I don't think it's a might. It's definitely be taken – yeah, so, like, an example of this would be, like, uh, Lori Lachlan. Uh, she played, I think it was some, uh, John Samos' wife on Full House. Rebecca, uh, right? 
I yeah, Aunt Becky was it? Yeah, I think something. So, something. <laughs> yeah. So basically, her and her husband, uh, they pleaded guilty to charges that they conspired to have their two daughters admitted to the USC rowing team, uh, even though n- neither of them ever participated in the sport, and uh, they paid five hundred thousand dollars to do that. Five hundred thousand dollars. And their kid is still going to the school, right? I, yeah, think so. I think so. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? But I heard USC is a pretty um. I don't wanna, like. It's a pretty wealthy school. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. A lot of schools are wealthy. Like I that. mean, it is University of Southern California, so I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think it's really crazy, though. You know, like how she goes to jail, but her her kids still go to the schools. I, I just find that weird. You know what's interesting though. I think it's a kind of loophole, but sorry, go ahead. You know that like they chose rowing because rowing is not like a huge sport. I feel like if they chose like let's say they said like uh like basketball or something like women's basketball or like women's volleyball for USC. Imagine how much hype there would be for Lori Lachlan's daughter, and they would anticipate it. I feel like with rowing, especially it being like a minor sport, yeah. it's a lot easier to cover it up. Isn't rowing like yeah, an Ivy League sport? Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's like, it's like a, one of those. Sports. Yeah, I, I, when I think of rowing, I just think of like some Harvard kid. Yeah, same. Wait, it was it was because of that movie, um, Social Network. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was remembering that from. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you guys are talking about. The Social yeah. Network, man. No, about Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my god, you have to watch it. I thought it was so good. No, I haven't seen it. About growing Facebook? Nah. Wow, Devin. Men of Harvard. That was so funny. Devin spent too much time in bed. gentlemen of Harvard. No, I don't spend too much time in bed. <laughs> Bro, you can watch a movie in bed, too. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just really think that's surreal, though, because... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That they would do that. I mean, it's not even that, like they would do that, but, like, some poor kid who actually does rowing probably got, like swindled out of their spot. They didn't get accepted into USC because of Lori Lachlan's daughter. Dude, can you imagine? (laughs) And I'm pretty sure Lori Lachlan's daughter said that she didn't care much about school either, yet her parents are paying $500,000. That's actually what I heard, too. Why would anyone say that? But, I mean, because she, dude, she's rich, she's an influencer. She has, like, Mm -hmm. she's a, like, she has the privilege of her parents being famous. It obviously helps her out a lot. You know how much harder it would be for her to be on the path that she's on right now if her parents weren't famous and, like, super rich? I don't think she would have gotten into USC. USC is pretty competitive. It's like a 23% acceptance rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. There, there's a lot of other scandals, too, in college that don't really involve sports. Like, I think Felicity Huffman paid, like, a decent amount of money to have yeah, what happened like there? Around 15K. So I think, like, she she paid, like, 15K to have somebody change her daughter's SAT score answers. So that, or like, so that way, uh, you know, her score is higher. So you have a better chance? Yeah. Oh, but not the SAT. The SAT? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's just. Dude, these people, I'm telling you, man, they have access to all this other stuff. Wild. Um, I know that this is wrong for me to play devil's advocate, but their parents worked for it. Like, they're not entitled to do this stuff, and in no way am I saying that they're entitled to do this stuff, 
But their parents obviously like they like they did pay for it. What do you mean? What? what do you mean by they paid for it? Like like they they paid for um for the SAT score and like I mean, they their kid didn't do anything. <laughs> but I mean yeah yeah the kid was just lucky. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, but that's illegal. <laughs> that's why they're in jail. I mean, America's capitalist. That's all they say. But it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that's How's that fair? Like, the, like, let's say some poor... That wraps it up for episode five of the Business Hogs. We hope you had an amazing time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And next week, be on the lookout for our episode on taxes and releasing at the end of the month our episode on Barbarians at the Gate, which is about the fall of NJR Nabisco. And if you haven't checked out episodes one through four yet, and uh, especially our episode on minimum wage that released last week, be sure to check it out because that one was really good and we really think you'd enjoy that. So, you know, thanks for listening.